Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville and sports fans everywhere, it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us, ladies and gentlemen. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Super Bowl-bound Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network. I am Sam Marku, and he is the returning champion, the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Samuel Madison Marku. I am doing, which I don't, I don't think that's your middle name, but it should be. It is now. I'm the doctor. You're Samuel Madison Mark Few. Sam, if you can't tell from my voice, I feel like a wrestler that like got his opportunity to do a promo right now. And it's like, no script. Go off the, the, the hinges. I've been thinking about it all day. I tweeted about it. Batista shaking the ropes. I'm so excited to get on the air with you, man, because holy shit. I swear to God, this is the biggest day since the Miami Dolphins traded for Ricky Williams. Like, that's how I feel. I was in, like, middle the school to high school. This is insane. Oh, my God. This, um, of course, if, in, unless, <laughs> unless you're living under a rock. <laughs> Why are you listening to the show if you don't know yeah, what I'm talking about? We have smashed the glass. The emergency podcast system is well underway here. Uh, Sam and Chris are here because, and, yeah, slap my ass and call me Samuel Madison Marcoux. I like that. Um the Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, have traded for Tyreek Hill. Yes, that Tyreek Hill, the cheetah and the penguin together in the same huddle with the oh. Alabama elephant all in the pond for the Miami Dolphins. Welcome to the jungle. I mean, my God, there's so many different angles to talk about here. There's rumors and innuendo about how this came about that we're going to get into. We're going to talk about what this means for the Miami Dolphins this year and beyond, what this means for the rest of the AFC, uh, what just how <laughs> the rumors that were not done, Chris. We'll talk about that. And oh, by the Ooh. way, before all of this happened, the Miami Dolphins went out and got the best free agent available in Teron Armstead left tackle at you know somewhat of a discount, by the way. And now we know why. I, uh, I, we talk about this a lot, Chris, that, but the Miami Dolphins during the offseason and during free agency, always more interesting than in season. Correct. This proves that point, but also may turn out to be the last time that's true, because I have to tell you my initial thought of this when this was coming together this morning. And then when I got the text from you that it was done um, while I was refreshing as well, is that this catapults the Miami Dolphins right into the upper echelon of the AFC. That is how good Tyreek Hill is. That is how good Teron Armstead is. The last 24 hours with those two signings, along with everything else that they've been doing over the last week or so, 
has to put the Miami Dolphins not only in AFC East contention, but playoff contention. And one of the top teams from the AFC to represent the Super Bowl, they have to be in that conversation at this point. They are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And this isn't us being biased, Sam. I've been telling people, especially non-Dolphins fans that are football fans that have been messaging me all day, asking me how I feel about it. How do I feel about it? Like I just took heroin. I've never taken heroin, but I assume it feels like the Miami Dolphins randomly on a Wednesday trading for Terry Kill in the uh, end of March. That's what that feels like. That's heroin to me because they we didn't give up too much. We paid them a ton of money. That's fine. I've said it over and over on multiple social media outlets. It's not my money. It's not your money, Sam. It's not a family's money. It's the Miami Dolphins' money. Stephen Ross is paying it. They're going to make it work under the cap. That They'll do it. All right. We have Tariq Hill now with, with Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is just slower of the two, and he runs a 4-3-7. So these two guys paired with Mike Isicki, with Raheem Mostert, with Teron Armstead, we get at left tackle, with Williams we get from the – Cowboys with still a third and fourth round draft pick and still more possibly to come with a guy that can get the ball out of his hands quickly to these guys that can get yak at quarterback with protection and an offensive genius head coach that's coming in and obviously is saying, fuck this shit. We're winning a goddamn playoff game. This is ridiculous. There's a stat Andrew Siciliano Siciliano said on NFL Network, the Miami Dolphins have not been top 10 in offense since 1995, Sam. The next closest to us, worst, is seven years after us. So, like, just been historically bad offensively. That changes now and for the next three to four plus years with everything considered, Sam, I, I just unbelievable. Of course, we're in the mix. Absolutely. The, the Super Bowl window is officially open for the Miami Dolphins. This is their chance. The next three to four years, I think, um, assuming Tua does what we, we feel he, he should be doing with this talent around him. The time is now now uh, to, to quote John Cena. I updated. This is a tweet. It's one of our popular tweets from last year, but I updated, updated the tons old trade score scorecard yes. here, Chris. <clears throat> so here's what Houston received. <laughs> Laramie Tunzel, very good player. Kenny Stills, who's now a free agent. Charlie Heck, who's still on the team. John Reed, who signed with the Seahawks and Garrett Wallow, who's still on the Houston Texans. That's who the Houston Texans received in that trade. This is what the Miami Dolphins have received. <clears throat> Noah Igbenogany, okay, not good. Jalen Waddle, very good. Javon Holland, very good. Solomon Kinley, still on the team. John Johnson Batamosi, who's a free agent. Julian Davenport, who's a free agent. Tyreek Hill, a 2022 third-round pick from the 49ers and a 2023 first-round pick from the 49ers. The trade is still not complete for the Miami Dolphins side of this, and it already looks like Throw out all the throw out all the fat here, but just the meat and potatoes here. Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, Tyreek Hill, and a couple of extra first round draft picks to boot. This is by far one of the most lopsided trades in the history of the, not only the Miami Dolphins but the NFL. This Larry Tunzel trade is still a living, breathing organism for the Miami Dolphins, and it's helped net us Tyreek Hill, who pairs now with Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki. Devontae Parker, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and a new offensive line. I mean, we talked about the Miami Dolphins focusing on offense for this free agency period. Holy shit, did they ever. The focus is crystal clear. The Miami Dolphins are running it back with the defense. They have completely rebuilt the offense. And and I don't even I'm I'm dumbfounded, Chris. I, I speak for a living and I'm really, really like having a hard time comprehending just everything that goes into this. But holy shit, Tyreek Hill, only 28 years old, 
one of the fastest human beings on earth, let alone the NFL. It's 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 insane how quickly Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, the Miami Dolphins turned around uh, what was a bad PR uh, situation and a bad team situation and have completely turned it on its head. This is the modern day equivalent to the Herschel Walker trade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, it's still ongoing. The players. Now we had to do something with those picks and Chris Greer, give him credit. He's gotten Javon Holland uh, has the first round next year. And, um, you know, it's gotten dirty kill and now no egg in the nominee, eh. but like, even then who knows just, there's a couple points here. I want to make Sam, and it's just unbelievable. You mentioned our defense sticking around and building up the offense. Picture this defense playing with a lead, right? We're always playing like tooth and nail close games. All of a sudden you give this defense a 10 to 14, 20 point lead. And now Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Javon Holland can go eat you know, Jalen Phillips, a new year into it. Ogba with a new contract gets to go feed. Like it's just, everything is paired together. When you said the Super Bowl window is open, you're not, it's not hyperbole. It's not being a biased Miami Dolphins fan. This is something absolutely we should be talking about. RG3, right before I signed on with you, I watched on NFL Live said he played in this offense in Washington. It's going to look like the 49ers, but more explosive because they have Waddle and Hill with Gasecki in the seam and the two running backs we get that are super fast and can do things both in the air and, and running. He said Miami Dolphins fans should be ecstatic and they should be partying all night long, Sam. And that's what we're doing right here in Perfectville. Come oh, get a the, red solo cup. Uh, we got fireworks going off in Town Square here in Perfectville. I mean, it, what an amazing offseason. This might be, we look back, the turning point. Uh, the tipping point, if you will, for the Miami Dolphins from their bad fortune over the last 21 years to now yeah. maybe, you know, a, a fortuitous. We're even getting future. talked about positively on national television, and that doesn't happen, does it? Right. You no. know, the, the RCs, you know, the, uh, the, all the guys in the talking heads on the networks normally are just shitting all over the Dolphins and just saying what they're doing is stupid. They're spending too much money, blah, blah, blah. Globally praised. Yeah. globally praised and they're talking about us contending in the AFC not just the division the AFC Sam we had to do something the AFC is loading up and instead of sitting back on his heels and Chris Beer saying oh you know we can try to compete with these guys in our draft picks he said you know what fuck them picks to fuck quote them the picks. Rams yep we're gonna go out there and get a fucking explosive playmaker in his prime we're gonna hurt an AFC opponent while doing it by the way and the Chiefs who now are just like middling into the AFC West and the whole division there is going to be a nightmare. And we're like, fuck it. Let's go. Not just go to the playoffs. That's not the goal anymore, Sam. It's to go deep in the playoffs and possibly represent the AFC in, in the biggest game of the world. I mean, this is, this is just everything. No, the Miami dolphins are not fucking around. Mike McDaniel is not fucking around. I, I, I'm going to share a little bit of what I know. I'm going to share a little bit about what I've heard and what I think I know and what I choose to think that I know. Uh, you and I have had these conversations off air. I have spent a lot of time um, around people who claim to have sources. Some do, some don't. Uh, I don't anymore. I used to. I do not anymore. Um, but <clears throat> about a week ago, there was a fan on Twitter who was running a Twitter space. And this is why I love Twitter spaces, because there's really no rules there. It's the wild, wild west. But every now and then somebody comes in, they drop a nugget. And then when you know it, a couple of days later, it comes true. And it turns out they knew something, but nobody believed them because why would they? Uh, this individual <clears throat> claimed that we were going after Debo Samuel. 
from the San Francisco hmm. 49ers pretty much stuck, put his entire reputation out there that we are going after Debo Samuel and that he will be a Miami Dolphin. Nobody gave him much credit. I texted you and I'm like, you're not going to believe what this guy is saying. He's doubling down on it the next day. He, he stood his ground. Now, over the last couple of days, that stance changed from Debo Samuel to playmakers, that the Miami Dolphins were going after playmakers and that they were not done and that everyone needed to be patient because the Miami Dolphins had something big lined up. Now, that turned out to be Tyreek Hill. The reason for the change is because this guy's source, uh, as we found out today, as we talked to him today, claims, Chris, that we were working with the 49ers on multiple first-round picks for Debo Samuel. The Kansas City Chiefs, after Devontae Adams was traded to the Raiders, basically looked at this and said, we cannot pay Tyreek Hill what Tyreek Hill is worth. We need to trade him. We're at an impasse. Let's trade him. Let's get a couple of first-round picks ourselves and start maybe maybe not rebuilding, but you know, reshaping what the Kansas City Chiefs are going to look like with Patrick Mahomes and not Tyreek Hill. According to this source, Chris, the Chiefs found out about the Dolphins and the Niners and what they were planning with Debo Samuel coming to the Dolphins, lowered their price on Tyreek Hill, and all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins are in play for Tyreek Hill, and the rest is history. So if you choose to believe that path, which on some level I do, because the person who first claimed we were getting Debo had shifted his stance to maybe not Debo, but somebody of equal value, and I believe Tyreek Hill is considered equal value. Absolutely. There's also rumors right now in real time, as you and I record, that the Miami Dolphins are not done. And there's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge that Debo Samuel still may be in play. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I cannot imagine that it will. But if it does, I, we'll, we'll just be recording yet another podcast here. But let's just I, I wanted to put that out there because the person who, who brought this up, he has been taking a lot of shit. And uh, I think he turned out to be kind of valid with whoever his source is on this entire topic here. Um, so it's just insane what has been happening here for the Miami Dolphins. And again, we haven't even talked about Teron Armstead. I sat on here last week by myself because you abandoned us all here, Chris, and talked about how I liked what the Miami Dolphins had done, but they weren't done yet. They needed another wide receiver. They needed another lineman. And boy, did they deliver. Holy crap. I'm still just trying to wrapping all this around my head here, Chris. Yeah, the thing with this is, is it was so out of nowhere. Uh, we're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, like, oh, by the way, uh, Terry Kill might be getting shopped. They got permission to seek a trade, and you're like, oh, cool. Who's the other 31 teams that are involved? And it's like, oh, the Jets and Dolphins. And you're like, what? Like, we're we're sniffing around this, and we're like a finalist? And then it was like, oh, Terry Kill's he's going to make a decision. And you're like, well, I mean, uh, 10% state income tax and, you know, New Jersey – or South Beach, where you live, where you train, where your agent's from, and who your agent funnels players to uh, that franchise constantly and has since, you know, Zach Thomas when he was his agent. Um, so he picks Miami. And we're just, we go from zero, literally zero to 100 yeah. today. Twitter was fantastic today, it was unbelievable. Everyone was completely in agreement and in a great mood. Um, it happened. We get them, we give up a bunch of draft capital, but Sam, um, you mentioned it. Tua's on a rookie contract. Okay. This is when you strike when the iron is hot. You're not paying him a hundred plus million dollars. Look what it's doing to the Chiefs. Look, look what it did to the Green Bay Packers. When you have to pay these quarterbacks hundreds of millions of dollars, you can't keep all the weapons. You just can't. It's just not physically possible. So we're sitting here with two on a cheap deal. 
We've got a young nucleus, a great defense, and a head coach that came in and obviously said, fuck all this, and, and we're taking over this bitch. And the fact that they got Tariq Hill, Sam, and still kept those two first-round picks mm. next year, that's everything. Yep. That's everything. On two occasions, right? So say let's just say devil's advocate, Tua just still doesn't like really show he's got it, right? We got two first-round picks next year to go get a Tyler Van Dyke from Miami or go get a Bryce Young from Alabama or go get the uh, uh, quarterback from Ohio State. The great quarterback's coming out next year is my point. Or Tua does great and we have those two first-round picks and we can use them to go get someone else. And you mentioned the guy nicknamed after the big dude from Friday who had lunch with our head coach the other day and loves the guy to death and vouched for him to Stephen Ross himself, Debo Samuel. You add him to Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell, my head will explode. Like, I, I really – there's no words to describe what I would even think about with that offense. Yeah, I, I don't even want to let my head really go there because I, I think, you know, at this point, it would be like adding more ice cream on top of, you know, birthday cake. It's like – Right now, the Miami Dolphins fan base, we need to be good with what we've got, because right now, without Debo so Samuel good. or anything else, it's so good. And, so good. and you talked about the defense a little bit earlier, and, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the draft picks as well. I, I was talking to somebody about this today, and you know, the defense, if you look at it statistically, is middle of the field, you know, middle of the road, and that's fine. Uh, and we've decided to bring everybody back. We really didn't add any pieces. We, we just basically said, hey, bring everybody back. Let's try it again. But you and I have talked about this, and I know others have said it. This defense is really built to play with a lead. The yeah. problem is that this defense really didn't have a lot of leads to play with in years past, uh, especially last year. Now, the Miami Dolphins should be ahead in ball games early and often, which allows this defense to really start working the way it is intended to work. And I was talking about this as well. Even if you don't score, how many times last year did the Miami Dolphins go three and out and then have the defense come back and then go three and out again and then have the defense come back? That wears you down. I don't care what your actual you know uh, ability is in terms of being in shape, your cardio. If you are constantly on the field, you're constantly going to be worn down. And eventually you saw it. The defense would start to give up some, you know, kind of bogus plays that would go over the top or they would just miss a tackle. And all of a sudden, you know, the other team scoring six, you know, seven, 14 points in a row, something like that. And we would lose games because our offense didn't allow our defense to actually get rest with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and all those other weapons. Now, even if you don't score, even if you go, you know, six plays and then you punt or you go eight plays and you punt, that gives your defense at least an extra couple of minutes to, you know, breathe and to get their legs back from underneath them and recalibrate and go, okay, what went right last time? What went wrong? How do we fix, you know, how do we improve for the next series as opposed to, oh, I just took my helmet off. I have to go back out there. So there's so many ways that Tyreek Hill fixes the defense uh, without even, you know, playing defense that it, it, it's, it's got me excited to see what this same defense can do next season, simply because of what Tyreek Hill brings to the offense. One of the coolest things that uh, Cameron Wolf said on NFL Network as he texted Xavier and Howard and said, what do you think? And he did in all bold letters, path, crazy, with exclamation points. Right? So, like, it's one less guy you have to defend. Uh, we don't play the Chiefs this season, but, I mean, you don't have to worry about it. And he's on your side. That's one of those guys you look at and you're like, man, I'm glad he's on my team. So, you bring in Terry Kill. You got Jalen Waddle. Like you said, it just 
puts us in such a great situation offensively to put points on the board and be creative for McDaniel. Um, I think it was Parcells that said it best. If you're going to be the chef in the kitchen, you're going to want to shop for the groceries. And Mike right. McDaniel came in and was like, I want weapons. And uh, this is what I'm going to do with them. We tagged Giseki. He doesn't even hesitate in um, signing the tag on his honeymoon of all places. I know I missed that last week. Um, and then Armstead took, you, you mentioned it earlier in the show. We haven't really touched much on it, but he took what some would say would probably less than they were expecting per year. And I have a feeling with it being within 24 hour period, Sam, someone said, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, cheetahs coming to Miami, sign this contract. What do you, do you think that had any part of, uh, you know, him coming here? I know for a fact that it did. So I'll, I'll let everyone know Toronto Armstead was the first phone call they made when free agency started. Toronto Armstead let them know that he was waiting on a couple of different things to happen before he was going to ever start his whole free agency journey. Uh, they were in constant contact with Toronto Armstead from the very beginning. He just wasn't the first person they signed, which is why if you go back, hindsight being what it is now, and look at the contracts they signed and look at the players they brought in, part of that was due to giving themselves enough room to bring Teron Armstead in whenever they needed to, right? They weren't sure that they had him in the bag, but they were going to give themselves the financial flexibility to bring him in this week if they weren't going to have him last week. And they weren't going to have him last week because Teron Armstead was waiting to see where some other chips fell in terms of Deshaun Watson and others to see what made sense for him. And ultimately, he took a look at what the Miami Dolphins built while he waited, and he took a look at what they were going to be doing and said, yeah, I think that's where I want to be. And you know what? I don't think he's alone because you talked about Mike Kosicki. If you look at Mike Kosicki's social media recently, there's been a little emoji with a zip lip going the whole time, uh, signing things, not saying anything. And I think people took that as a negative, like I'm not saying shit. I'm just going to go out and do my job. I think Mike Kosicki knew something was up, whether it was Tyreek Hill, whether it was Debo Samuel rumors or whether it was something else. I'm not sure. But the pieces are starting to fall into place now, and I'm starting to look at this and go, I think Mike McDaniel may have clued in the people he needed to clue in about what his grand vision was for this season and beyond. It's amazing. So let me ask you this, Sam, and this is a, a rhetorical because I think I know the answer to this, um, but it's also a question to you people listening out there in Perfect Bill, um, and, and I want to have like a dialogue about it. I think Flores was holding Greer back. Mm. I think Flores came in and he said, we can do it cheap. We can do it this way. We can do it with no-name guys. We just have to all buy in. TNT takes no talent. And Mike McDaniel came in, and not to say he said break open the bank, but he said, Greer, go out there and get him. If you want to get me a big fish, here's the bait, buddy. Toss it out in the fucking intercoastal, and let's go reel us in a big one. And because the way that they have – we've gone crazy in free agency before. All right, so don't get me wrong there. But we're doing it strategically, Sam. We're doing it strategically. We're getting pieces we need. We are give, getting rid of cap, draft capital that we have recouped and, and, and hoarded and rolled over year after year. And then all of a sudden we said, fuck it, sent a first, a second, a fourth, a sixth, a fourth, a sixth over to the, the Kansas City Chiefs and said, give us one of the best receivers in the NFL, an absolute bona fide superstar. You know, draft picks are great, but they're a mystery, right? We took Charles Harris. A couple of picks later, TJ Watt went to the Steelers. We took Koamisi a couple of picks later. Gronk went from Arizona, a random tight end that no one really knew about, to the New England Patriots. It's a mystery. It's a crapshoot, right? It's, you can't fail in your draft picks, Chris Gear, if you don't have any. Go out and yeah. just get a proven star. I'll give you one that's that's really close to home right now is uh, Teron Armstead was chosen in the third round by the Saints 10 years ago. Two picks later, we took Dallas Thomas. Now, Mr. Teron Armstead. Gates himself. It wasn't. Yeah, Mr. Roller Skates himself. Now, he wasn't available, Teron Armstead, but – 
two picks away. When you look at the talent, at least who, who was looking at the big board right there said, ah, he's close enough. I think he could be Teron Armstead. It's a crapshoot, right? And, and if it had it gone the other way, I mean, maybe Teron Armstead flames out for the Dolphins and Dallas, Dallas Thomas Probably. is this huge guy for the, for the Saints or something like that. But you never know. And I'll tell you this. You're not going to get Tyreek Hill at 29. You're just not. Never, so no. that's where I wanted to go next. You, 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 you teed this up nicely. Was the draft compensation in terms of the trade picks fair? Was it, did we overpay or is this a steal for the Miami Dolphins? It's a steal, Sam, because they could have easily held out. We had competition, right? They could have held out and said, we want one of your first next year. And if we wanted to rekill, we would have had a budge because, you know, if not, he's not only just, we're losing him, he's going to a division rival with a young right. quarterback and a young team that's trying to build themselves up as well. So they had our feet to the fire. They could have easily done that. Chris Greer to get out with a bunch of mid-round picks and a first and a second is a steal. It's not just a, a, a wash. It's a steal because we keep those two first-round picks next year, and the options are unbelievable because already right now, as our team stands, um, other than we need to extend Mike Gusecki, there's just young talent everywhere on defense, offense, special teams, where now we are like not even a piece away. Like we can just now we, we got like the opportunity to just draft BPA, you know, best player available. When the hell is the last time we got to do that? It's just we are strong in all positions where maybe you need a middle linebacker, maybe you need to get a guard, maybe here or there. But other than that, across the board as a team, as a roster, we're so solid that it's a complete steal because now we still got two first round picks to deal with next. I mean, we have a third round pick this year from the San Francisco 49ers, which is really our only pick for the first two days, which I'm going to the draft. I'm going to be so fucking bored out of my mind just sitting there going, well, we got Tyreek Hill last week or last month. You know, I'm going to be rooting for that. This is what I want with the third round pick. I want them. That's the only pick the Miami Dolphins have now for the first two days. They only have day three picks after that. So that third round pick, I hope the Miami Dolphins just go get that punter from San Diego State and say, ah. We got everything else covered. We're going to go get the best punter with a third round pick just to mess with people. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the draft compensation in terms of the trade compensation and the draft picks um, is great. I mean, if they had asked for another first, I would have said, go do it. Go go give them two first round draft picks and get Ty Hill. And I would have been totally fine with that as well. As it turns out, it's the 29th overall, which, by the way, look at the history of the 29th overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft. It's like the 30th entry into the Royal Rumble, Chris. It's like a bad omen. Like nothing good happens if you're the last guy into the Royal Rumble up until recently. Very rarely does anybody actually pan out to be a superstar 29th overall. It's like a weird, you know, black hole of talent. So get rid of that pick anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Number two, uh, the compensation for a guy who takes you from a fringe playoff team to an actual Super Bowl contender, you pay that. And, and, and you'd mentioned that, like, I heard somebody else say this, and it was so true. The Miami Dolphins have never lined it up correctly to where they had a good defense and a good offense at the same time, at least not since the 70s. Dan Marino is here, had an amazing offense, but our defense wasn't great. The running game wasn't great. We get Ricky Williams and have this amazing defense, but we don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball or we have a bad coach and Dave wants that. We've never been able to line up everything 100% correctly. And when you look at what the Miami Dolphins have done this offseason, it sure as hell looks like to me, Chris, that we have finally spent the money wisely. We have finally traded the right pieces or, or to get the right pieces. And we finally have the right talent on both sides of the ball to where we can be successful for quite some time. 
remember what I said about the linemen uh, maybe a month ago on our uh, on an episode where I said I don't want to draft linemen anymore. I want a veteran. Yep. I want a guy that's proven. No yep. more mysteries because it just wasn't working out. That's a more broader term here when it comes to Terry Kill. He is a proven, bona fide superstar. I don't care if Olave from Ohio State falls to us at 29. You don't know if he's going to be good. You sure. don't know if it was the guys around him, if it was his quarterback, if it was his scheme. You don't know. I'm done with having all these draft picks. Oh, it's so good. We have two firsts. We have this and that and that. We don't know what's going to come from it. Even the two firsts next year I'm excited about. You, you still don't know. You know what you're getting with Tyreek Hill. And then you're going to pair him with Gesicki, with Waddle. It is a defensive nightmare. Someone yeah. mentioned it before. Him spread out with Waddle, with Gesicki in the slot, and Mostert or Edmonds in the backfield. What do you do defensively? Is it a run? Who knows? Could be a screen. Could be a bubble screen. It could be a stop and go. You have no fucking idea and it's just complete chef's kiss beautiful and mike mcdaniel has to be sitting there right now like an evil scientist with bunsen burners going crazy everywhere in a chemistry lab because he sees all these weapons all this speed and he's like holy shit yeah it's it's it is such a huge win for the miami dolphins that you're seeing people on twitter emmanuel sanders from buffalo bills says this is the fastest team he's ever seen stefan diggs openly said what the fuck is going on like these are your your main rivals the buffalo bills and their players are openly concerned about what is happening for the miami dolphins uh we're, we're actually gonna speak into twitter we haven't done it in a while so we got to get into elite tweet delete tweet because there's so much going on so much good yes. stuff uh so we're gonna do that. let's take a little break let's breathe into a paper bag so everybody calm down but as you calm down remember that we got tyreek fucking hill and uh we're going to go cheer and do a backflip, and then we're going to come back and do a little bit of elite tweet, delete tweet, because it's not just Chris. It's not just Sam that's really excited about this. The entire Twitter nation, the tweets everywhere, uh, Dolphins fans and otherwise. We'll be back right after this. Oh, it's time for a little commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. And you know that tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start the day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. It's the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. That's simple. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens! Take ownership of your health. And we're back. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku, on this very, very, very special episode of Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Network. And uh, Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Teron Armstead. Miami Dolphin, ladies and gentlemen, uh, speed is on the table, boys, as Chris Cullen most famously said during our draft coverage last year when we got Jalen Waddle. Um, but he's not the only one reacting to this news. Neither am I. Uh, it's time for elite tweet or delete tweet, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It's we had to do it. Um, there's so much going on here. Um, this one, Chris, are you ready? First of all. 
Born ready as always, buddy. Born ready. Uh, this comes from Randy Savage at RJC Lifestyle. <clears throat> as a 300 pound plus man, I will run out of the house butt ass naked if we get hill. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Oh, yeah. That's a great tweet, brother. Elite tweet for sure. 300 pounds naked. You better come through. I think someone else said they're going to put an octopus up their orifice. I think it's fins. Yeah, yeah. That, that was sorty. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, that sorty. Little sorty. Yeah, no, we, I, I chose. I, I'm going to go delete tweet with Randy Savage. I like Randy Savage as a Twitter person. He's a, he's a good Dolphins fan. But you know what? Nobody needs to see a 300-plus-pound man running butt-ass naked. What outside. if he runs butt-ass naked and does the peace sign? <laughs> then they would turn into an elite tweet. But for, you know, for now, I'm going to go delete. Tweet. You know, there's there's some bets that it's OK to welch on. And I think this is one of them. We don't need to see the butt ass naked. We don't need to see the op- octopus up the asshole uh, sortie as well. So, no, I uh, let's just can't we just be excited without turning everything into buttholes like we, we can just be happy that what we have Tyree Hill. <laughs> I don't know. I got old in the last week, I suppose. All right. Uh, this one comes from Ari Meroff at my sports update. He's kind of the one that broke a lot of this news. <clears throat> this is just kind of a recap tweet, but uh, I think it's worth reading. Dolphins offseason so far hired Mike McDaniel as head coach, traded for Tyreek Hill, signed Teron Armstead, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Cedric Wilson, Connor Williams, Teddy Bridgewater, Trent Sherfield, Alec Ingold, tagged Mike Gesicki, and re-signed Emmanuel Ogba and Durham Smythe. That's it. That's the tweet. Elite tweet or delete tweet? It's elite already, but you know why it's even really elite? I counted as you did it. That's 13 transactions, Sam. Good old lucky Dan Marino, 13. It's elite. There you go. I hadn't even done that math, ladies and gentlemen. 13 transactions for the Miami Dolphins. 13 being our lucky number with good old Danny Marino. I agree. Elite tweet. Uh, this one comes from Trill Boogeyman Williams, a.k.a. at Trill Williams 6. This is a player for the Miami Dolphins. This is what he said, Chris. <clears throat> if you wasn't using us at Madden, don't start now. Elite tweet. Delete tweet. I almost mentioned this in the first uh, segment of our show. So I'm glad I didn't um, because we do a lot of pre-planning and we talked about these tweets before the show. No, we, no, we do not. Um, <laughs> we do not. And this is a complete elite tweet. He's completely right. When, when you play Madden, if you're a video gamer and you play Madden, you know, when Michael Vick was in the game, everybody played with the Falcons because you can just run away from defenders with Vick. Or you get the guys with the speed or like the DK Metcalf because you can just lob it up and just moss everybody. Kind of take advantage of the game physics. With this speed, he's right. It's video game speed. He's saying don't use us now if he didn't use us prior, but it's a little bit of a like nice little pull back the curtain of what we're going to see in the real life football because we're going to be that explosive in a video game. Imagine in September and on the football field on Sunday, somebody made a point. And if you, if this is a tweet, I'm sorry. Imagine chasing Jalen Waddle and Terry Hill in 99 degree weather in South Florida in September. That's going to wear you out. No, no, I don't want to do that. And uh, speaking of Chase, this one comes from our new running back, Chase Edmonds, at Chase Edmonds 22. And uh, he says, we don't care about y'all opinions, I promise. And then it's a gif or a gif. By the way, the guy who created the gif just died today uh, of Vince McMahon doing the cocky walk. Uh, Elite tweet or delete tweet from Chase Edmonds, who's been a Miami Dolphin for about seven minutes and has jumped right into Dolphins Twitter. He was doing prayer circles, just like we all do when we're trying to get a new free agent. He's jumping in just like one of us idiots out here. Elite tweet, 
elite tweet. Absolutely elite tweet because it's the Vince McMahon. Um, and Sam, can we talk to, I know it's an elite t- tweet, delete tweet segment of the amount of current Dolphins players that were like recruiting. Like it was unbelievable seeing Chase Edmonds barely be a Dolphin. He's already got his Photoshop photo of his avatar. He's doing prayer circles like the fans do. And that just shows how polarizing Terry Kill is that the current players are like, God, please, please come to our team. It was a campaign. I mean, I, I've never seen so many current players on there tweeting at Tyreek, trying to sway his opinion if it needed to be swayed to come to South Florida and play with the Miami Dolphins. It almost makes me think it was targeted. Like Mike McDaniel deployed them and said, get out there. This guy's on the fence. Knock him onto our side. It was absolutely a joy to see. And, you know, it also kind of kills the narrative that people don't want to be here and play with Tua Tungavailoa. Right. That's not the case. Um, uh, speaking of the AFC East, the other team that was trying to get Tyreek Hill and his services was the New York Jets. This comes from Tim Reynolds at by Tim Reynolds. The Jets have been mathematically eliminated from the AFC East race. <laughs> elite tweet or delete tweet? I can't believe through the crazy smorgasbord that was Twitter today. I sl- I've seen all of these, and that one is fantastic. Uh, just round of applause. Got to clap it up. They're already mathematically eliminated, and you know their fans are just so excited. And then all of a sudden, the, the division rival they hate the most came in and got them, and now you're going to have to play against them for two years? Holy shit. That's like me and you going to the bar. We both like a chick. She looks hot. She goes home with you, and I got to sit there with a glass wall between us and watch you guys bone. That's exactly what's going to happen with the Jets, and I'm fucking here for it. Uh, we're not letting that scenario happen again, Chris. All right. Uh, this one comes from Pete Prisco at Prisco CBS. <clears throat> and, uh, everyone listening to this right now already knows how they're casting their vote for this. Hill sure. won't make to a good either elite tweet or delete tweet. Delete tweet. I love it. I actually got a lot of, uh, a lot of clicks on this because I did the whole shut up bitch from the rock. Uh, with Jerry the King Lawler doing the, ah! in the background. So, uh, yeah, I sent that to him. Got a lot of good likes, some retweets. Um, and he is just getting fucking dragged by Dolphins Twitter, by the way. It's fantastic. Well, he's right, but it's a delete tweet. He's right. Tyreek Hill will not make Tua good. He's got to make him super, you dumb son of a bitch. We're going to the Super Bowl because Tyreek Hill, Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Waddell, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, and everybody else on this team, you candy-ass motherfucker. Delete your tweet, delete your account, delete your life, Pete Prisco. All right. And that's uh, why you make the big bucks, Sam, because you threw in the candy-ass. I mean, just to connect that with The Rock, you were just... Got to tie it all Again, Chef Kiss. I love it. I love working with you. That's it. Speaking of Chef Kiss... Maybe the last one for elite tweet, delete tweet here, but um, it doesn't take Twitter long, especially Dolphins Twitter. Doesn't take them long here, Chris. This comes from Red Runner, actually a good listener of the show at Nick Apsey. Quite simply, just puts the Legion of Zoom, mm. and mm. nothing else needs to be said. Elite tweeter, delete tweet. The new nickname for Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and this offense, the Legion of Zoom. Chris, elite tweet, delete tweet. So elite tweet for sure, but a special shout out to a friend of the show has been a guest on the show and our friend from the fins.com Simon Clancy, mm. who also came up with the greatest show on surf. Ooh, That's a good one. But Legion of zoom is fantastic. It's just cheetah and the penguin. I mean, it, it writes itself, Sam. It, you, usually off seasons are boring and sad for us or like just upsetting because we're losing guys or we're signing guys. We shouldn't. This is just, End of March, unbelievable. The Legion of Zoom, the greatest show on surf. It is just 
fantastic. It's uh, the greatest show on surf and Legion of Zoom. I will take either one of those for a thousand, Alex. Uh, no, this is great. Uh, I, I love Elite Tweet, Elite Tweet, and I'm gl- so glad. I'm so glad you were not here last week, Chris, because uh, I hated doing the show by myself. It was not fun. I did it with my eyes closed to like not see myself in the in the camera. But uh, <laughs> the fact that we waited. And we were able to time this. This is one thing that Chris and I are notorious for, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about like how good a certain person is going to be in our team, like Arian Foster. And then as soon as we hit record and record the whole thing, he announces his retirement 30 minutes after the fucking podcast was recorded. We never time this up, right? We talk about how maybe the Miami Dolphins aren't doing enough. And then all of a sudden they come out and sign Teron Armstead and, you know, trade for Tyreek Hill. We timed it right this time. That's how you know this is different, Chris, is that we scheduled for today and then all of a sudden, all the news hit and we're going to be out there in front of it. People are going to be listening to this. They're going to have a smile on their face and a dorsal fin in their pants. They're going to be so excited, so excited for what the Miami Dolphins have on their roster and what they can potentially do in 2022. Yeah, it's just the good news that you needed. Um, I was talking to our, our, our good buddy, uh, Jason Jennings, privately. Um, and and we, I can't believe like the Super Bowl was a month ago. <laughs> and now we're sitting here. We have Tyreek Hill. Like on the Miami Dolphins, by the way, just shout out to all the internet artists that have already photoshopped him in, in the Dolphins uniform. Uh, uh, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, Emmanuel Ogba, all these guys recruiting him during the process. Uh, I think Brandon Jones said something along the lines of like number 10s available. Um, it's just just ridiculous. And, and then one last shout out to a very new Miami Dolphins, Cedric Wilson who um, already on his profile said number 10 wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you're going to have to find a new number, buddy. <laughs> Tyreek Hill's in town. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cedric, we, we love you. We love you very much. But, uh, you. you know, 11 might be available because who the hell knows if Devontae Parker is going to be here. I mean, that's the thing, too, man. Devontae Parker going into last season at this time was our number one receiver. Even after we traded or drafted Jalen Waddle, you still think Devontae Parker is wide receiver one until proven otherwise. And then guess what? Now... You look at this, he might be fourth on the depth chart behind Cedric Wilson, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. I mean, it's insane how quickly we've turned this wide receiver room around. It's it's absolutely batshit insane. At some point, somebody's got to go, and I don't know who that's going to be, um, but uh, it's certainly not going to be Tyreek Hill, certainly not going to be Jalen Waddle, and certainly not going to be Cedric Wilson, who won't be number 10, but uh, will be here. Uh, for for a good long while as well. It's 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 so much fun, Chris. Uh, I feel like before we go, we should probably talk a little bit about this offensive line, because the biggest need was not wide receiver, even though Tyreek Hill is a huge, huge get for the Miami Dolphins. The biggest need certainly was the offensive line, and we had a lot of kicking, a lot of screaming, lots of crying, lots of yelling, shouting about the Miami Dolphins only adding Connor Williams. I was one of those last week. I said it wasn't enough, and I was right. But Teron Armstead, your new left tackle, Connor Williams, most likely your new left guard. It makes not only the left side of your line that much better, it makes the entire line better. You now have a veteran who that's one of the things about Teron Armstead that I'm reading about, Chris, is that not only is he talented, but he is an absolute veteran leader. And it's one of the things that Richmond Webb talked to us about, about they don't have a veteran leader to get all these guys in check. And now they do. So there's benefits beyond Teron Armstead playing, which is the main benefit. But this offensive line is going to go from a weakness to potentially being an absolute strength for the Miami Dolphins. Well, Sam, how many times have we talked about guys like Billy Turner 
uh, someone like him leaving us and being better. Um, And then we're like, Hey, maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's just, you know, it's not something in the water here. It might be coaching. We're bringing along Frank Smith as offensive coordinator, who was just offensive line coach at the chargers. Um, We're bringing in Applebaum, who was a Boston college line coach who had three, every single one of them were like decorated in the ACC somehow, whether it's honorable mention or first team. These guys are teachers. And Mike McDaniel said that they're going to come in and, I know we like the shit on Austin Jackson and Solomon McKinley and Robert Hunt, uh, Liam Aikenberg. These guys still have potential. And even if they can get coach them up and just say, hey, maybe, you're maybe doing this a little bit wrong or maybe fix this here or fix this. When you shore up the left tackle and you, you, you shore up the, the left guard or the guard position, you can maybe coach those guys up. And like you said, and Richmond Webb said it, somebody that knows it best, his name is on the damn stadium. You need veterans around you that can, you know, like say, hey, no, you're doing this wrong. Or, hey, I, I called for a B-gap scheme, not an A-gap. Adjust that and fix it in-game. It can change everything. Uh, with the coaching and the veteran leadership, you're right. It, it might not go to a strength, but it's not going to be the thing that's an anchor pulling us down to the bottom of the ocean. No, and I think that's where the scheme is actually going to help us hide some of the deficiencies that may be there. Now, we may lose Teron Armstead for a few games here and there. That's the cost of doing business with Teron Armstead. I said this last week. I don't know if you heard it, Chris, but Trent Williams, when he went to the 49ers a couple of years ago, 31 years old, actually older than where Teron Armstead is now. Trent Williams has never played a full season in his entire career. He's always injured. He always misses games for one reason or another. Trent Williams is considered one of the best left tackles in all of football. He's been an all pro and a pro bowler so many times over, but it's the cost of doing business with Trent Williams. Even this past year, when the Niners made it all the way to the NFC championship game, he missed two games. So you know that. You know that when you buy this loaf of bread that there's going to be a couple of moldy pieces that you're going to have to work around. That's what you're getting with Teron Armstead. You just are. He's a 10-year veteran. He's skilled as all hell. He's certainly better than anybody else we've had on the line for a number of years. And you add him with Connor Williams, who graded out very well other than the penalties, but he was never a high penalized guy until this last year. And quite frankly, I'll take a guy who allows you know a, a couple of holding calls to keep his quarterback clean than a guy who has bad technique, gets beat, and then gets your quarterback injured with broken ribs, Jesse Davis. So... I, I like the two additions. I don't think we're done. I don't know if we're going to sign another big name. I don't know if JC Treader is going to come as a center or if we're going to go draft one in the, in, in the NFL draft. I mean, that third round pick that we have, Chris, looks like a place where maybe Alec Lindstrom center for the Boston College uh, Screaming Eagles last year might be chosen as well. So we may not be done with this offensive line rebuild quite yet. And let's not forget, Robert Hunt can play right tackle and right guard. And Solomon Kinley, for everything that he lacked in the past game last year, is still a run mauling blocking offensive guard. So maybe, just maybe, we do have some in-house solutions. And that doesn't even mean Liam Meikenberg, Austin Jackson, Michael Dieter, or any of these other guys that may still be reclamation projects as well. It's just a fantastic build. And really, I think going forward, the blueprint for what how a team can turn around an offense that was so anemic last year and now has the potential to be a top 10 offense just one offseason later. Speaking to existence, Sam, because the last time we were a top 10 offense, I was eight years old. So let's speak that in existence. Let's make that like our goal this year with a just decent enough average, good defense. We could really, really do some things in the AFC, man. It's really exciting. Uh, I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited here. Uh, the, the entire town of Perfectville, the citizens, the Dolphins, all around the world are just, I mean, we lit the league on fire today. 
Um, there's so much more we could talk about, but there's only so much of a good thing that we can possibly do right now. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say? I think we got to call it. We have to call it. There has to be a time limit at some point. And we're going to call it for this episode of Perfectville. But is there anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to RG3 and I'm going to party all night, buddy. Go Dolphins. Fins up. Let's go. Fins up. Go Dolphins. Let's go. And we'll leave it at that. So the only thing left to say on behalf of Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux, and the entire Believe Network is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.